Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I want to share some things out of the Word today. I've called this message Ruling and Reigning. I want to speak to you today out of again out of the book of Ephesians. You'll hear the book of Ephesians mentioned a lot. And uh, if you've been with us in the, in the last few weeks, you would have heard us speak from this passage of Scripture about wake up, wake up, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. That means that God's glory, God's presence is coming upon His church. And His church is you. And before God ever does anything on a massive scale, one of the things that he will start to do is start to move upon his own church. And so this book of Ephesians for me has taken on, oh, it's like a special meaning if you like. It's like eyes wide open, reading something which feels like for the first time. And the Apostle Paul uses language that we probably wouldn't use on every day. Well, we don't. We don't use it on every day. Um, conversation with one another, but Paul uses the Apostle Paul, the writer of this book, it's a letter. And he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, but he's not just writing to the church in Ephesus, he's writing to the church. He's writing to you and I. And this, this letter is worded in ways that seem somewhat different than other letters that he that he writes. And I believe it's a word for now. I believe it's a timely word. And it's a word to say that the church is being made ready to go into a higher place with God, that the plans of God are being unfolded, that the plans of God are there. And this is how the kingdom of God operates. But the Apostle Paul uses words that, as I say, we don't talk to one another like this necessarily, but he uses words like heavenly places or heavenly realms. And in fact, this wording of heavenly places is mentioned five times. So whenever something is repeated in Scripture, it's because God wants us to pay attention to that. If you repeat something, it's like I'm repeating for the benefit of you so that you can get this. And when he uses this language of heavenly places, it means there are places that are unseen. It's a book that speaks clearly to us. It's got a very clear message in it, and it's a message about relationship. It's a relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. It's a relationship between the head and the body. It's a relationship between Christ and his people. And the more you walk in just knowing that, that everything is about relationship, then you walk in this place of awareness and alertness that I want to do what's right in my own life. I want to get my life right before God because I realize that I'm no longer my own. That we, the body, the body of Christ, the church, the believers today, we've been bought with the most costly blood that's ever been shared on planet earth. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the most costly blood that's ever been 
spilt on the earth and it's the only blood that can bring salvation to your life and mine. It's the only blood that can turn your life from darkness and despair into purpose and eternity with Christ. It is the only blood. Don't let anybody else tell you that anybody else's blood or sacrifice can bring salvation to you. It can't. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we are the body and he is the head and we've been bought with a price and it's about relationship. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, we're going to read that together. It says, in him. Just take note of that, in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, which he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So the Apostle Paul tells us here, that we are that body, we are that gathering of people, that this is about a relationship, this is not about a religion, this is not about a denomination, this is about a relationship between bride and bridegroom. And last time I spoke to you, we, we, we spoke about some of that. But then something else starts to come through this very, this first chapter, just chapter one of Ephesians, and it's this word called purpose. There is a purpose to your relationship with Christ. There is a purpose to you being in the church today. There is a purpose to us belonging to him. And that's not a dictatorial belonging. That is a relationship belonging. There is a purpose that Paul has written this letter, and not only is Paul's letter a letter of relationship, but it's also a letter of purpose, and that purpose of our identity, we call ourselves Christians today. We call ourselves believers today, but there is a purpose to that very identity and that relationship. And I want to tell you, it's far bigger and far greater to us just having a ticket into heaven. You have a purpose while we remain upon this earth. And so this very purpose is all the way through the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, it says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. I want you to be encouraged today. You are on a journey. You are in process somewhere in your life. And God, because you belong to him, is working things out to the conformity of his will and his purpose. If things don't quite add up and the pieces aren't coming together right now, what I can encourage you today is stay in him. Don't get out of him, stay in him because by his grace and by his mercy, he is working things out in and through your life according to the conformity of his will, his purpose for your life. And so verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, I keep on asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, get the purpose so that you may know him better. The entire purpose for him giving you wisdom 
or more wisdom or revelation or more revelation or more understanding or more understanding or insight or whatever it may be is not so that we can run around and say, I know more than everybody else and I've got the revelation and nobody else does and you'd all better listen to my revelation. The only purpose he gives us that is because we are in relationship with him so that we would walk out his purpose, his will upon the earth. Paul goes on to say and he goes on to pray that he prays this and he says, I pray that your hearts be opened. And the reason, the purpose that I want your heart to be opened is so that you might know the hope to which you've been called. There's purpose again. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 only tells us what this is all about. Do you know there's a purpose to you being saved today? There's a purpose why God went and found you and drew you into his kingdom, into relationship with him. There's a purpose to us calling ourselves the church. There is a purpose to why we've been called and why we're even sitting here today. And the fact that the Apostle Paul has worded things in such a way and prayed and said, I pray that your hearts be open, tells me that as humanity we have a tendency to be closed. We have a tendency and we, we are quite capable of shutting down, closing down. And Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be enlightened and be opened up so that you will understand some things about this relationship. And it's no wonder because you and I have a tendency to be closed, our hearts be closed, our ears be closed, our minds be distracted, our minds be closed. It's no wonder that Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 says these very words that we've been speaking to you about, that the sleeper has to be woken up to wake up from your slumber, to rise up from your dead places. Why? What's the purpose for all of that? So that the glory of God can come upon his own body. And so there's three things in this Ephesians chapter 1. There's just three things that I just want to touch on today. Some people will say to you at times, well, I've got to go find myself. I've got to go to here. I've got to go to there. I'll try this. I'll give that a go. And maybe in the process, I'll find myself. I want to tell you who you are. We have a young man here who was on his way to Nepal to find himself. And we invited him along with a missions trip to India. He said, you don't have to go to Nepal to find yourself. You just got to find yourself in Christ. He gave his life to the Lord. And today he's one of our most wonderful worship leaders. His name is Jaden Courts. I'll tell you who you are. You are the body of Christ. That's who you are. Then the body says, well, what am I meant to do? Should I do this? Should I, what should I do? What we are meant to do is live with godly purpose, godly wisdom, godly understanding. And thirdly, I want to touch on just for a few minutes this morning, this same chapter talks to us about ruling and about reigning over anything and everything that interferes with God's purpose for your life. Let me tell you what ruling and reigning is not. 
It's not about us ruling or reigning over our wife, our husband, our work colleague, our church friendship. We are not to rule and reign over people, but we are to rule and reign over those things that come and try to steal, kill and destroy the destiny of God, the purpose of God upon your very life. Those things that try to take away and distract you and pull you away from a godly purpose. So I want to talk this morning for just a couple of minutes about ruling and reigning and why does it really matter? Why is it even important? Why did it make its way into the book of Ephesians? Well, in chapter 1, verse 20, we're told that Christ was raised from the dead and he was seated at the right hand in heavenly realms. In fact, let's, it might be better if we read it. 1 chapter, chapter 1, Ephesians 21, 22. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church. And so here we are in this body relationship and we've been brought into relationship for a purpose and a reason and now we move into chapter one and he now starts to speak to us about ruling and about reigning. Once you've been chosen, once you've been called of God, once you've been set apart, you know, I think as Christians we get hung up on certain words about Holy is one word. What, what is that? How will I ever become holy enough to be acceptable in the sight of God? Let me tell you, let me take the pressure off. Not one of us can. Not one of us can get there. Holiness is, our, our part at least to be holy is to be set apart for the purpose of God. We are only saved by grace. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that wipes that sin away wipes away those things. Your, our righteousness is as filthy rags, according to the Lord, but to be set apart for purpose so that we can rule and reign. I, I mentioned to you a few weeks ago about Pastor Jeff Vine's message. I still haven't heard it, but Byron picked up on it, and it stuck with me. Some things stay with you. Remember he said something about you can either choose to live in the basement or live on the balcony? And I think basement living is kind of why would you go there? It's claustrophobic, it's confining, it's, it's you can't see out a window, you're stuck in a dark place. And yet God has called the body of Christ to live far above, far above all rule and authority, far above all power and dominion, far above every title that can be given, not only now in this present age, but also in the one to come. And so once you're willing to leave our sleepy old days behind, you know those days when I'm so sleepy, I don't even want to move right now. Once we're ready to leave our sleeping behind and we're willing to be woken up. And I believe God's been knocking on the door of our lives and our hearts for a long time. It's like, behold, I, I knock at the door. And he's been waiting for the door of our lives to be opened up so that he can come in and say, I am willing, I'm ready to allow the Lord to come on in because we've been marked with, a, with the Holy Spirit, marked with a seal, marked for a promise and marked for inheritance. Just imagine having so much that's available for us, 
but you and I never go there. Can you imagine that? Having so much that is just there. I mean, there's words in this chapter one, which I don't have time to go into this morning, but there's just these two little words there that that the Apostle Paul says something about spiritual blessings. I think, okay, spiritual blessings, I've got salvation, I've got forgiveness, I've got grace, I've got mercy, I've got health, I've got promise, I've got future, but could there be more to this whole spiritual blessing dimension that we haven't even tapped into yet? We haven't even gone there yet. Because we still don't know as the body just everything that Christ has made available for us. I think we're on a journey of discovery. I think we're on a journey. I think we're on a faith adventure that as we are willing and obedient to allow the Lord to lead us, guide us and take us on that journey, I think there's so much more that is in store for the body of Christ. And so these things that come to steal or to kill or to destroy, as John 10.10 tells us, these things belong to this earthly realm. We can't see into this space. It's probably good that we can't. But we can't see everything that goes on in this earth's atmosphere where the God of this age operates. But all I know that in this atmosphere right now, there's plenty that can come against the body of Christ that can cause you to lose years and years and years and years and years off your journey with God. There are things that operate at this level that cause us to stay in places that God said, I got better for you than that. I got another place for my body to go because if those things were put under Christ's feet, then they've been put under your feet because Christ had authority. He gave the body authority. And I think God is just lifting the lid and opening our eyes and just waking something up in our hearts and saying, I want to do this journey with God. I think Charlene's already there. Take us with you, Charlene. And Paul says, Awake, O sleeper. Rise from your dead places. And he tells us why. He says, Because I want to bring my spirit upon you. My spirit upon you. And once you've had your eyes opened, And you wipe that sleep from that last season, that last experience, that last place that you found yourself in. You never want to go back to dead old tombs again. You never want to go anywhere near grave clothes and wear that garment anymore. No longer can the garment of shame go on your back anymore. No longer can the garment of regret come anywhere near you anymore because there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I will not, cannot, I can't even entertain those grave clothes anymore because something in me has woken up and I don't belong there anymore. I belong here in Him. And do you know the thing? Flesh and blood can't reveal this to you. No preacher on this earth can reveal this to you. I don't care who your favourite speaker, preacher, teacher, prophet is, no flesh and blood can reveal it to you. Only the Spirit of God can reveal what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. 
And when the Spirit of God says, open up your hearts, open up your minds, open up to receive, because you, the church, the body, belong in the far above group of people on planet Earth. I can't look behind me anymore. Ever read the story of Lot's wife? Do you know what happened to her? She turns into a pillar of salt. I don't know if that really happened, but I don't want to risk it, do you? You just turn into this stagnant block of something that gets stuck. And we are tempted. You know, it's like if you go up onto a height, they say, don't look down. And everything within you is tempted to look down. We've got that within us. And I tell you what, it's when something's woken up within you, you don't want to go back anymore other than to give God all the praise and all the glory for where He's brought you from. Say, God, I thank you. That is not my residential address anymore. And the garment that I wore back there is not my garment. It doesn't fit. It doesn't look good and it doesn't belong. Far above, we belong in the far above group. And do you know the good news is this? The church, you, the body of Christ, there is no other people group on planet earth like you because you've been born again of the Spirit of God. And the Apostle Paul says these things like heavenly realms and heavenly places and unseen places, only the body of Christ that's being led by the Spirit of God can even remotely get that. Like even just start to say something in me is just starting to just come alive. What's the purpose of all of this? Why, why, why? Why does chapter 1 speak to us about relationship? Why does it speak to us about purpose? And why does it speak to us about ruling and about reigning? What is the significance? What is the importance? Does it matter if we ever walk in this or not? Why are we to have revelation about these things? Why is God telling us about high places? Why is he telling us these things? And as I read chapter one and chapter one alone, it's all for one reason and one reason only. It is about the glory of God. It is about the Spirit of God coming upon his body. It is about the manifest presence of God coming upon a body of people that say, I am willing and obedient to walk in your ways. And he says that if you are willing and if you are obedient, then you will eat of the good of the land. When we know our purpose, then our purpose is in line with the will of God. And you know what? I don't want you to feel bad because I know people that have been in church their entire life and still don't know their purpose. But when you understand that your purpose is in Him and He will work out things in your life to be in conformity with the will and the purposes of God and it's all about His glory when you rule, when you reign over those things that have tried to take away from your life and waste time over your life and distract your life and rob your joy and rob your vision and all the rest of it, 
when you say, you know what? This has happened, that's taken place. This person said this, this one did that. And when you understand those things are going to happen in life and there's not one of us in this room that has not faced rejection, disappointment, discouragement, abandonment, loss, grief, whatever you'd like to call it, there's not one of us in this room that have been exempt from any of that. But when you know that you are the body of Christ and God has given to you His authority to rule and to reign over those things that have tried to take away from your journey in God, then you realise that, you know what? I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Does it at times make the journey, the process easier? Of course not. Because humanity has still got to feel and deal, deal with some of those issues. But at the end of your journey, at the end of your journey, if you understand that I am the body of Christ and He is my God and He is my Lord and He will work things out, that it's all for His glory. And at the end of your life's journey and at the end of our time here on planet Earth, I want to say and encourage you along the journey of life and the process of time. Stay in grace. Stay in the race and stay in your rightful place. And if you will do those three things, God will work things out over and in and through your life to bring things into order in conformity with the will of God for his purpose to be worked out. And if you ask me what I would like my life to look like at the end, I would like people to say, it's all been for the glory of God. The church is for the glory of God. Your decisions right now on how you walk this out will bring glory to his name. So Father, this morning I pray for every man, every woman and every child. I pray for every person in this room, oh God. I pray for our children out there in the highway kids area. I pray, Lord, for every person right now. And I ask, oh God, as the Apostle Paul prayed, God, that you would open up our hearts, that you would open up our minds, Lord, that we might know you better. Father, I pray, oh God, for every man, every woman and every child in this room today, that every single one of us without exception, that as Jesus said, I've not lost any. Lord, I pray that we would not lose any. And those that are away right now, we call them back in in the name of Jesus Christ. We call them back in, oh God, into grace. We call them back into their race and we call them back into their rightful place. And God, we declare with you, oh God, that we are seated. We are seated in heavenly places with you. And so, Lord, open up our own hearts and our minds, I pray, that we would be the body that is woken up, that we would arise out of our sleep, I pray, so that you would say, now I'm ready to pour the glory, the Spirit, the presence of Almighty God upon us, your body, I pray, and that we would be a people that can give Him and bring Him all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, I'm in. Count me in. Amen.